a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes Scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Is that Jesus can return at any time. He's not waiting for a Japanese nuclear power plant to melt down. No. The thing that's holding him back is his patience and love for lost humanity and nothing else. Uh, There there are no events that need to occur before Jesus comes back. And so seeing all the things that happen around us and saying, hey, hey, that means Jesus is coming. The answer is no, no. That's wrong. That's the wrong way of looking at it. Jesus can come at any moment. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. And Luther says the only way that uh, the pronoun me and God could be in the same sentence is by this verb, have mercy. I've got. I've given myself the new nickname. I've thrown aside all the other accolades that you toss at me so freely, Evan. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, they, uh, they, they feel like wine. Bull rider. Yeah, and uh, what else am I? I can't remember. I can't remember and them I've all either. Up. They're just too numerous. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, all those listeners who are waiting for us to play games like Church Father or Page for Points, 20 Questions, at last, now they can have their... Uh, favorite games played and heard here only on Table Talk Radio. Uh, pretty exciting, huh, Pastor Wolf Mueller? Um, yes, it no. is. <laughs> um, we were going to do this for our 300th show, and we thought this would be better for our 301st show. So I can't believe in any sort of anybody's imagination that we made it to 300 shows. That's ridiculous. That's about... 299 shows. How more in the than world are we going to stop doing this? How long do we have to keep doing this for? We pray for the Lord's return. <laughs> we pray the Why? We're doing this to the parousia? <laughs> well, we're not going to be doing it after the parousia, are we? <laughs> That's right. There's no more sorrow, pain, or suffering. And so, no more tears and anguish. No table talk radio. <laughs> no table talk radio. Only the resurrection will cancel table talk radio. Do you hear my radio voice there? Table Talk Radio. Ooh, you should keep Casey doing that. Kaysen. <laughs> doing the top 40 countdown. I, I the think... top five worst games ever played on today's show. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Um, so that was our lineup for uh, today's show. What was it again? Hold on, hold on, hold on. I wasn't, I wasn't paying attention. Did you have a good time in Madagascar, by the way? We're back already? <laughs> I had a great time just That's amazing. it out there. Look at. Hopefully, you don't die, because then everyone will know that we record the show before. We <laughs> I know. Left. I was wondering if I got like captured for ransom. If anybody would stick up the money to get me back. Yeah. If now, so for the next week, dear listeners, if you do get an email for us that says I'm stranded in Madagascar and I need you to wire me a thousand dollars. Yeah, it could be true. It's not an email prank, please. <laughs> oh, I said this to spam. I'm tired of these emails. <laughs> I was thinking that eventually they would pay us to, uh, or pay our listeners to take us back. Like, we don't want them in Madagascar anymore, please. That's we'll, right. We'll That's you. right. Table Talk Radio Madagascar style, so they'll ship us back <laughs> All the, on the Muslim radio station or whatever. Oh, we were going to do that. We haven't talked about this. The Table Talk Radio in, in all the countries. We're going to have Table, Table Talk Radio Montreal edition. Table Talk Radio Paris edition, and then Table Talk Radio Madagascar edition. What okay. happened to that idea? I don't know what happened to that idea. Hmm. I mean, all of a sudden, we're leaving for this thing tomorrow morning, and you and I are both like, oh, man, <laughs> hope I have my passport. 
Yeah, I hope I brought my earplugs. Right. Okay. <laughs> so, okay, uh, let me see if I got this right. We're playing Church Father or mm-hmm. a terrible game. Mm-hmm. Then we're playing Pages for Points, a game we only played once because mm-hmm. it was terrible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we're doing what is after that? 20 questions. Another oh, game yeah. we've only played once. <laughs> Probably because uh, it was such a hit, we didn't want to... You know, lose it. No, I remember meaning. why we only played twenty questions once. Is because I guessed whatever you were thinking of in like two questions, and then you <laughs> never could guess what I was I, thinking. I of. couldn't even think of questions. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You're like, oh, I don't know what to ask next. <laughs> is it in the Bible? <laughs> uh. Yeah. So that'll be a good one. You got to stay tuned for that. <clears throat> okay, so uh, let's do some emails. Do you have? Do we have any emails to questions at tabletalkradio.org? So what's your buzzword today, by the way? Oh, you want to do buzzwords, too? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, my, we've done this 300 times. I think it's a little presumptuous that you thought it was a buzzword and not a buzz phrase, because my theological buzz phrase for you is the age of accountability. Oh, that's my favorite phrase. <laughs> and uh, Theopedia says, excuse me, uh, that the age of accountability is the time in the development of a person when he or she can or uh, can and invariably does sin against God and thus stands in need of personal redemption through Jesus Christ. It is a controversial theological notion held by many Christians that for the purpose of salvation, a person is covered by God's grace until mature enough to understand and thus be responsible for obedience to God's moral law. It is one of the things that must be of great concern to Christian parents who love their children. <laughs> so, As opposed to the Christian parents who hate their children. <laughs> now, I want, oh, I'll just skip down to the last paragraph so you'll, you'll, you'll like this. Oh, yeah. Some opponents believe that infant baptism provides salvation to those unable to choose. <laughs> now, doesn't this paragraph, I want to read it again because I think it's, fine, it's so astonishing. It is a controversial theological notion held by many Christians that for the purpose of salvation, a person is covered by God's grace until mature enough to understand and thus be responsible for obedience to God's moral law. Is that not saying, first of all, that there's an expiration date on God's grace, (laughs) that you're covered by God's grace until the age of accountability, and then you are no longer under the grace of God? And then secondly, it puts salvation as a responsibility to the obedience of God's moral law. Are we even Christians anymore? And then the, the, the worst of it all is it creates a third or a second way to be saved. So you right. can either be saved through Jesus or you can be saved by dying before you reach the age of accountability. Well, notice that Jesus doesn't fit into this paragraph. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If, if you have salvation by God's grace apart from Jesus... Um, then I don't know what you need Jesus for, because you don't. Because once you reach the age of accountability, it's about your obedience to the moral law. So Jesus has no place in this theology. Yeah, right. Of course. I mean, that's what our—that's that's the presumptuous pride of our human fleshism is that we want—we want to have something to do with our salvation. And as soon as we put ourselves in there, the person who steps out the door is Jesus Himself. I have one more line for you to react to. John MacArthur, you know your your friend John, yeah, concludes that. Until a point of real saving faith in a child's life, God in his mercy would save that child if that child should die. Jeez. Now, I think, that, I think the question is, John, how do you know this? Mm-hmm. Do you have a is revelation it? that is, is beyond what Holy Scripture teaches? Because Holy Scripture teaches that uh, 
uh, where Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father except through me. In sin, my mother conceived me, etc. Mm-hmm. So I think what Jesus meant to say was, uh, no one comes to the Father except through me unless you're under 10 <laughs> or whatever. What's the yeah. going age of accountability these days? Well, look, I mean, these guys that are living in perpetual adolescence, it's probably like 50. Yeah, that's true. It's if it's you're still on your parents' insurance, which <laughs> thanks thanks to Obamacare just went it's extended. Up. <laughs> he extended the age of accountability. Oh, good. All right. What's your theological buzzword and or phrase? Is it is missional living? <laughs> oh my goodness! That's what it says here. I'll read the Wikipedia, Theopedia definition. Missional living is a contemporary term. Nuh-uh. I was just reading about missional living in Polycarp. Oh, Just no, kidding. I think that was um, St. Athanasius. Yeah. Uh, is a contemporary term which is founded in the philosophy of applying missionary practices, thinking, and actions to any and all aspects of ministry. What the? Recently popularized by emerging church leaders and new movements, which is what we need. Your old movements really stank. <laughs> we need new movements. The focus and center point for missional living is adapting the professional and vocational view of missionaries to everyday life. I don't even know what this stuff means. Missions and being missional is in a way of living, operating, thinking, and ministering. Huh. Main points and elements of missional living are, one, sent. What? Two, cross. What? Adverbs. Three, community. What? Four, culture. What is the difference between community and... And five, king and kingdom. What? Also note. Uh, also of note is the adapt... Oh, my computer went dead. Uh, the adapting of missional living into the realm of the church world. What is this talking about? See, I, I think this it falls under the assumption that something theological should be abstract. And so they're trying to make... Um, a theological defense for this so-called missional living. They just say a bunch of things that don't make any sense. This doesn't make any sense, and I am so offended by it because I want, I want Theopedia articles to be accessible to the unbeliever. <laughs> it's all it's this language missional. that only insiders understand. I know, I know this weird. this definition of missional living is not missional enough for mm-hmm. me. I agree. Sent, cross, community, culture, king, and kingdom. What do these words mean? Sentences, people. <laughs> Is that all it has? It doesn't elaborate on any of those things? No. Oh. That's a bummer. Why does that Theopedia need a little thing that says, some elements in this article are questionable and need to be reviewed? <laughs> like Wikipedia. That'd I, be the whole website, I think. I think you brought up an interesting point um, before. Is that why don't I mean I think it'd be interesting interesting question to ask one of these uh, church growth gurus, is why don't we see any of the church fathers talking about missional living? I mean, is is this something that that is uh, new? You yes, like, of course it's new. This is the whole thing. Remember how we're all enthusiasts? So that the whole point is that the doctrine develops. Everybody but the Lutheran thinks this. This is why we're so curmudgeonly. Everyone's looking for the new move of the spirit, and this is just the newest. Ugh. You got to get on the program that the Holy Spirit but is more trendy. Didn't Saint Paul say that if uh, even an angel from heaven were to preach another gospel to you, let him be anathema? Typical Fort Wayne guy. We'll be right back.
You're listening to Table Talk Radio, because cable's expensive. Does your church have a worship service? Then you'll love the Institute on Liturgy, Preaching, and Church Music coming up in Seward, Nebraska this summer, July 28th through 31st. Uh, there's some good keynote speakers, including Dr. Kleinig, Paul Solak, and there's about a bajillion seminars and workshops and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, President Harrison's going to be there, the guys at Issues Etc., the other Lutheran radio show are going to be there. I'm going to be there hanging out. So if you want, you should come to this thing. So lcms.org slash events slash worship institute, and you can find it and register now. So uh, comfort, comfort you, my people, the 2014 Institute on Liturgy, Preaching, and Church Music. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Uh, Thank you. Pastor Wolf Mueller, I was back wondering. all you listeners out there in Radio Land. All those listeners in Radio Land writing in to questions at tabletalkradio.org. Oh, yeah. Good reminder. To, <laughs> uh, or calling 1 800 385 SOLA. That's the That's number. That's so they last call. century. I know. None of the okay. church fathers talked about 1 800 385 SOLA. Yeah, that's right. It's that's a missional new, for it's you. A new thing. We're really spirit. missional because we got an eight hundred number. <laughs> missional living. I know. What's your buzzword? Uh, well, you can only call if you've reached the age of accountability. Uh, is that what you want? If you if you have not reached the age of accountability, please talk to your parents before calling the eight hundred number. <laughs> that right there is good. Right no, there. no. If if uh, if they haven't reached the age of accountability, we already have their uh, voice message without them calling. Oh, I get. I see what you did there. Ooh, all That's right. Pretty tricky. Okay, so let's go to the emails, and then we'll play a little Church Father Or. Okay, so uh, Chris writes, Arrow Cult Memory Jog. Remember how a couple weeks ago someone was saying the Arrow Cult is how I roll? Oh, yeah, I remember that. And I said, what the heck is he talking about, goofball? This Isn't it funny Chris. how we can't remember things from our own radio show? Well, no, it's a, it's a, that's a form of therapy. <laughs> Look, if ever any one of us went back to the repressed memory school psychologist, you know, and they set us Holy down on the God. couch, and Mm-mm. it would be like a Dante's Inferno. Anyway, <laughs> the Era Cult originates from the exclusive table talk radio game known as Create a Cult. That was my favorite game. The exegesis of a text from Psalm 120, verse 4, by Pastor Wolfmuller on show 291. That's not that long ago has inspired a large following as it correctly <laughs> discerns the divine mantra, sharp arrows of the warriors with the coals of the broom tree. <laughs> My favorite part is where all the members of the cult walk around with the arrows tied to their necks, laugh out loud, or LOL, <laughs> because largely distorted biblical text into mystical pathways never gets old, rolling with the arrow cult. <laughs> or Lutheran sarcasm, Chris from. Tull. We Thanks are obnoxious. I just determined that we are obnoxious. What? Would we? <laughs> the arrow cult. We... <laughs> I think our listeners are obnoxious. We, here we are being very pastoral, yeah, patient, yeah, calm, <laughs> systematically teaching through the scriptural Someone doctrines. Someone needs to kick the dog on that game. <laughs> <laughs> Here's another one. Ready? Yeah. Laura writes to questions at tabletalkradio.org. Apparently our email address. Uh, Quote, interpreting evangelicalism, worship was inspiring today. What does that mean? Laura from Houston, Texas. 
Another international listener. I'll tell you what. I have a, just a quick little story. When I was becoming a Lutheran from being a Lutheran. Like yesterday? <laughs> okay, well, so I, I grew up in the LCA, and then I became a Lutheran, you know? And uh, when I was going to the Missouri Synod Church, the pastor one time explained, um, you know, the question you should be asking after the worship service were, were my sins forgiven? And uh, I've always remembered that because, you know, there's times where, uh, you know, I don't know, there's times that, that singing the hymns or uh, going through the liturgy is some has some has some kind of a emotional response, and sometimes it doesn't. You know, sometimes the sermon's good, in my opinion, and sometimes it's not. But the point is, it's not my opinion or how I feel. The question is, were my sins forgiven? And if in that service my sins were forgiven, um, then uh, then it was a good service. And that's that's the objective question we could ask. I think I, we need to modify the question a little bit and ask, were my sins forgiven in an inspiring way? Um... Now I so so that would help. <laughs> What's wrong? You don't like that? This is see, you know the word inspiration has is a theological is a technical theological word. It means breathed out by God, and yet we nowadays, in the in these gray and latter days, use the word inspire in a totally different way. That was, movie was very inspiring. You're not saying that's a God breathed movie. That commercial was very inspiring. That this radio show is very inspiring. That joke was very inspiring. <laughs> See, God likes Use jokes. Inspiring. What or what about this one? Uh, they're an uh, inspiring actor. Is that what the right word is? That's probably so. Aspiring, different word. Okay. Uh, okay. Now, what was worship? What was worship ins- inspiring means is that I was moved by it in my guts, mm-hmm. in my, in my inside parts. Right, and uh, and and this is part of the problem that we because we're all mystics, we're all recovering mystics, or just not recovering mystics. We're all mystics, and we think that we have some sort of internal antenna for the work of God, and we also are deluded to think that that is humility. So why everyone's looking for their individual purpose in life, and what that does is it it is an insult to God because it says that the scriptures are not sufficient. I need something more. I need inspiring worship to know that the Lord loves me. Now, there's so, there's something even more here that I would like to explore with you uh, right now, and that is that there's something about the way people are geared these days that we do not use our mind to determine if something is true or not, but rather the some other thing, something on the inside, some other part of us, and we use that to determine if something is true or not, or maybe better, we use that to determine if something is good or not. So we are not, we are not rational people. We are, we, ha- we, we are irrational, but there's something, it's something positive. We're emotive people, so that we use our emotions or our psyche, you know, the inner thing, the inner God antenna, to sort out if something's good. And worship, the modern praise and worship music, is tuned into that sort of thing. So it says, hey, look, people aren't thinking. They're, they're, they're operating from the gut. They, they love gut feelings. And people nowadays loves guts feelings. So, uh, so now we've got to speak to that by our praise and worship. And we want it to be then not true, but inspiring. I feel like you're saying that from the Fort Wayne spirit. <laughs> 
This is the spirit of Fort Wayne. Is typical Fort Wayne guy, by the way. I got another T-shirt that has to do with that. Uh, this is from Harry. Look at Harry says he's the father of Paul the astrophysicist. Hey. And he writes, I think you should get a bunch of T-shirts printed up that say typical Fort Wayne grad and sell them to all the Fort Wayne alumni so they can wear them at next year's district conventions. <laughs> You might even get some St. Louis guys to wear them just for fun, or you could do a T-shirt that says, "I act like a just I I act just like a typical Fort Wayne grad." Think of how excited some of the district presidents would be seeing a sea of those T-shirts in the audience. Maybe you could do a little line for the lay delegates. <laughs> My pastor is a typical Fort Wayne grad. I think uh, you know the t- with the matching shirts that says "typical Fort Wayne grad" and then the one that points with an arrow and says, "I'm with a typical Fort Wayne grad." <laughs> That'd be great. I don't think we should be that surprised oh, yeah. that all of our listeners are related to each other, by the way. I think it's like kind of like going to a uh, family reunion in Arkansas. Not, that's just not that surprising. <laughs> it's a genetic mutation to enjoy Table Talk Radio? <laughs> yeah. Do you like Table Talk Radio? It's like yes, you can, like you can in Arkansas, you can double up the family reunion and the wedding. You know, it's just an all-for-one, <laughs> a two-for-one party. <laughs> Part of our new Arkansas outreach. <laughs> yeah. By the way, we're <laughs> we have some Arkansas listeners. Well, at least we did. Anyway, um, <laughs> tell, explain to me, Pastor ago. Wolfmiller, how Church Father Orr worked because I don't remember this game at all. Well, I don't. I can't remember this exactly. Part of the repressed memories. But I think what we did was we had two words that were similar to one another. And I would read them, and you would try to guess which one was a church father and which one was something else. Else. Remember that? Does that sound right? Yeah. Okay. I'll go with it. I remember right, something so. about you reading out of a, like a book of different kinds of cheeses or something like that. And I had to guess. <laughs> I think I remember that, too. I got it, though. I'm ready for this, okay, by the way. ready. Are you ready? Yep. All right. Here are your two words. Polycarpus or Polycarp? (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, this time I have heard of this fellow, um, but I I don't exactly know what Polycarpus is. Um, um, Yeah, I could be tricking you. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to go with Polycarp. You are right. Polycarpus means... It's an adjective, and it means with two or more carpels in the ovary or fruit. Oh, yeah, poly... Poly, Polycarpic, by the way, means bearing fruit many times year after year. Polycarp, on the other hand, is a second-century Christian bishop of Smyrna, modern-day Ishmir. I went to the place. There was tons of cats walking around. According to the modern of Polycarp, he died a martyr. That title's a dead giveaway. (laughs) <laughs> Bound and burned at the stake, stabbed when the fire failed to touch him. Polycarp is regarded as a saint in the Roman Catholic, Eastern Orthodox, Oriental churches, Anglican, and Lutheran churches. He's recorded by Irenaeus, who heard him speak in his youth in Tertullian, that he had been a disciple of John the Apostle. So it went John, Polycarp, Irenaeus. So are you, uh, are you getting this information from your uh, playing cards? Your church oh, no. playing cards? Yeah, this oh. is from... No, I went re- to the reliable source of Wikipedia. Oh, of course you did. Now, the, you're forgetting the most important part of this game, and that is the rewarding of Table Talk Radio Points. Oh, man. I'm, I thought we outgrown that. All right. Uh, <laughs> nope. 200 points. Woo! For you. 200. 
You All ready right. for your next one? Uh, yeah. Are you going to give me one? Uh, no, I wasn't, but we're coming up on a break. So give it to me, and I'll guess on the other side of the break. All right, here it is. The first word is Hillary, and the second word is hilarious. <laughs> All right, I'm going to try and think about this one. Which one is a uh, presidential candidate for the next election? Which one is a word of the dictionary, and which is a church father? We'll figure that out after this break. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Don't go away. Or go Talk Radio, a radio show that gives the opportunity to cope with disappointment week after week. I've heard it all before. Welcome back. You were standing by the door, <laughs> and you're cooning and something, and then th- anyway, you welcome are back confusing. to Table Talk Radio. Playing all of your favorite games here on Table Tabletop Talk Radio. Radio. Spinning all your favorites. <laughs> games like Church Father or Page for Points. This game is ridiculous. Uh, I got a good one after every, this one, though. Every game that anyone ever, has ever wanted to hear here on Table Talk Radio. They're like, what are you? This is stupidest games. <laughs> Where did these things come from? Everyone says, oh, I'll tell you. Yeah. Anyway. The fertile imaginations of Gigline and Wolfmuller. So I had this really, display. really difficult choice before me because I have on the one hand Hillary and on the other Hillary. hand. Hillary. And hilarious. Oh, hilarious. And uh, I have Hilarity to decide, is a word. <laughs> you know, not a name. Hilarious. That sounds very much <laughs> like a Latin name. Yeah, it does. Just saying. Uh huh. So oh, yeah. now, which one? Oh, yeah. I, I don't know which one's a church father. I'm sure glad we're playing this game so I find out. Uh, but I'm gonna go with this. Uh, I'm gonna go with Hillary. Is that a church father? It is Hillary of Potier, or as I like to say it, Potieris. Oh yeah, because you're getting silent letters. <laughs> I totally am. You know, we're I just gotta we're it's going amazing. to France in a few minutes <laughs> for 24 hours. And I'm gonna be walking around like, pronounce the letters, you fools! I was gonna say everyone it's a, says it's amazing that it hasn't caught on yet. You're the only one doing it still. <laughs> well, in France, they pronounce like one third of the letters. <laughs> it's ridiculous. This Would is, you? Yeah, I'm gonna be walking this around is gonna be Paris. So embarrassing. What? The, Everyone says, hey, Paris is kind of rough because all the French people are rude. This is part of our new French outreach program that I'm starting right now. <laughs> and uh, and I said, look, I'm going to be walking around there with three pastors. I'm going to be relieved to talk to Par- Parisians. Mm-hmm. Hey, what's happening? You guys are so friendly. I'm sitting here with three Missouri Senate pastors. Grumpy. Anyway, Hillary of Potier, whose name is also pronounced hilarious. Did you know that? No. Is a doctor of the church. He was sometimes referred to as the hammer of the Arians by his friends. <laughs> I added that little part. What an, aff- <laughs> what an affectionate nickname. <laughs> hey, Hammer. Hammer. You are the funniest Hammer. And the Athanasius of the West. His name comes from the Latin word for happy or cheerful. Uh, on the other hand, 
The word hilarious means cheerful, glad, exhilarated, and mirthful, jolly, and merry. Him and Saint Nick. Look at I could put the uh, I could click this button and Google will send me alerts whenever news about Hillary of Potier comes out on the, <laughs> on the internet. I think the news stream has died on that one. It's kind of settled. <laughs> you would think so. He lived, by the way, from about the year 300 to about the year 368. So, the Hammer of the Aryans. That's a cool nickname. Oh, man. All right, you want another one? Uh, another yeah, one. one more, then we'll play Page for Points. I'm glad you said one more, because I got one more. Right. Ready? Yep. Okay. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Table Talk Radio Points. Dang it. What are the points like again? Something points amazing. Points are like silent letters. <laughs> Dang it, I should have said that. <laughs> now you can't use it. <laughs> okay, ready? No, Hold you need one. to award me points. 200 points. All right. Okay. Your first word is basil, and your second word is basil. <laughs> Are you going to spell each? each? Uh, yeah, I'll spell them. The okay. first one is B-A-S-I-L. And the second one, B-A-S-I-L. All right. Oh, oh, oh. So I was thinking about this one because, uh, you know, I did a little cooking last night. You know how I am. I'm just a big, big chef, you know. And yeah, oh, yeah. Thought, this, sure. You know what? This needs a little basil. And I put some basil in. Yeah. Um, but then I decided to open up a book and read some uh, read some basil. So yeah, you're I'm thinking, gonna, you're, you're preaching I'm, a sermon. This needs a little more basil. <laughs> yeah, this little, little too much polycarp, a little more basil in <laughs> this one. Uh, so uh, I'm going to say that uh, basil is the church father on this. You one. are wrong. The what? answer is basil is a leaf. <laughs> I saw that. You one were thinking of the other a basil, a million miles away. <laughs> Basil of Caesarea, also called Basil the Great. Uh, oh, look, he died on January 1st or 2nd in the year 379. Was the Greek bishop of Caesarea Mazaka in Cappadocia, Asia Minor, modern-day Turkey. He was an influential theologian who supported the Nicene Creed. Remember that creed? Mm-hmm. And opposed the heresies of the early Christian church. What they mean to say is the heresies that fought against the early Christian church. <laughs> Fighting Oops. against both Arianism and the followers of Apollinarius of Laodicea. Uh, his ability to balance his theological convictions with his political connections made Basil a powerful advocate of the Nicene position. In addition to his work as a theologian, he was known for his care of the poor and underprivileged. He established guidelines for monastic life, which focused on community life, liturgical prayer, and manual labor. Uh, let's see. Together with, oh, I should have done this one, Pacomius. He's remembered his father as a communal monasticism in Eastern con- Christianity. He's considered a saint by both East and West, etc., etc. Apparently he was had male pattern baldness, looking at the picture of him here. Yep. <laughs> now, on the other hand, uh, basil can refer to uh, any various species of plants of the mint family, all native to warm climates, fragrant and aromatic, the sweet basil is used in cookery. Uh-huh. Um, also, it can mean the tanned skin of a sheep. See, when I when I rendered my guess, that. I did not say sweet basil, so I was clearly talking about the man. It could have been basil the great and sweet basil. I wonder if anyone called Gregory or basil the great sweet basil the great. Dulce <laughs> basil. <laughs> Wait, Dulce is Latin. 
Anywho, all right. Well, that's how that game that works. Game. <laughs> so let's see. You uh, that was double or nothing. What? No, it wasn't. You down to zero points. <laughs> I think you're rigging. All right, this. I'll just I'll just don't worry. I'm gonna get it back on page for points. But you're the only one that remembers how to play this game, so you're gonna have to explain it to our listener. <laughs> okay, now hold on. I'm getting a book here. The way this game works, I do remember this. I think we invented this. This was at the beginning of. How can we think of a game that doesn't require any work? This was back in the days <laughs> Every when game some of has... our games did require work. <laughs> now, the way this game works is I would read from a book a certain page, and you would then try to guess what the thing was about. So if it was a theology book, you'd try to guess the theological point. If it was a commentary, you'd try to guess the text that it was talking about, etc. And if you did so successfully you would get the number of points that I was from the page that I was reading from. See how that works? I page like for it. points. I like it. So, now, I, 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 before I gave you choices, but that's too much work, so I'm just going to tell you what I'm reading from. <laughs> All right. This is the book called The Life and Times of Jesus the Messiah by our friend Alfred Eder, Edersheim. Hey, I have that book around here somewhere. Yeah, this is a nice one. Oh, this is a handy book. Shop. Everybody yeah. should have this in there. In their library, and um, and uh, so I'm going to read you some things from the words from this page, and then you try to guess what it's talking about. Okay, how's that sound? Yeah. Uh, here is uh, uh, oh, sorry. It is here that the characteristic difference between the various classes of hearers lays. All the parables, indeed, implied some background of opposition or else of unreceptiveness. In the record of this first series of parables, the fact that Jesus spake to the people in parables, and only in parables, is strongly marked. It appears, therefore, to have been the first time that this mode of popular teaching was adopted by Jesus. Accordingly, the disciples not only expressed their astonishment, but inquired the reason of this novel method. The answer of the Lord makes a distinction between those to whom it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom and those to whom all things were done in parables. But, evidently, this method of teaching could not have been adopted for the people in contradistinction to the disciples, and as a judicial measure, since even in the first series of parables, three were addressed to the disciples after the people had been dismissed. Got it? Mm-hmm. So uh, he's talking about some background uh, information about the uh, Jesus uh, uh, teaching in parables and, and how this was not a common way that the rabbis would teach. Um, uh, apparently the rabbis were, were teaching in, in uh, a more complicated uh, form. And, uh, and then uh, um, here you have when Jesus is teaching the disciples, he uh, tells them in parables and stories so they can understand um, although, also the the parables, I think the first part of what you said is that the the parables are always have a, having a foil that there's something that they're teaching against someone they're um, correcting. Yes. So uh, that's significant. Um, we just it it, those of us in the three year lectionary just had this text of um, Jesus who prays in what Matthew eleven I think it is that uh, or maybe ten eleven. Uh, that uh, thank you, Father, that you have not revealed these things to the understanding, but to little children, to infants. Um, so somehow, without the age of accountability, these uh, these children can uh, understand these things. And of course, it's not about understanding; it's about uh, it's about faith, which is not a condition of the mind, but a condition of the heart. 
Um, so this is the part in the book where he is giving uh, uh, context in the pro- the usual practice of rabbis. Uh, nope. What? Sorry. It's commentary on Matthew 18, where Jesus tells the seven parables of the kingdom. Too bad that was worth 200 points. Now you're down to zero. Who said you lose points? points. Isn't that how we play this game? No. You're thinking of of Tailor Jeffrey. We need to take a break. We will do another round or two of page for points. But then after that, we're going to be playing 20 questions. And you'll be sure to tune out for that. So uh, that's coming up after this one. Table Talk Radio. Disappointing listeners since 2008. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. We have uh, another round of Page for Points. You have one more round or two Page more rounds, points. Pastor Wolf Miller? Everybody's favorite game. Yeah. Welcome back, everybody. Just wait till we play Page for Points. Or, sorry, yeah. uh, 20 questions. Then you'll question what is your favorite game. Oh, this is... Uh, one more is probably fine, I imagine. <laughs> I would think so. <laughs> okay. I'm reading from Luther's Sermons. Now, I think the way this will have to go is... You'll have to pick the text or the Sunday that Luther's preaching on. Oof. Okay. I don't know the Latin names for the Sundays. It's all right. I'm not one of those guys. Uh, (laughs) Yes, you say, but isn't baptism just water? True. But not water only, for the Word of God is connected with it. Therefore, when you go to the parish pastor who's been given his office, or to some other Christian asking that he comfort you and absolve you from your sins, and he says to you, in the stead of God I declare to you the forgiveness of all your sins through Christ, then you may be certain that through the external word your sins are really and truly forgiven. For baptism and the word do not lie to you. Hmm. Want me to read some more? This is great. This was not being preached in popedom. I want to start calling the Catholic Church popedom. Popedom. That's, oh, that's, you live in Popedom? Was that included in the missional living things? <laughs> Popedom. You live in Popedom? It's community, culture, kingdom, and Popedom, I Poped think is what it was. Uh, nor do the papistic preachers understand it even now. For me. Dang it. Thank God, therefore, for such grace and learn that God wants to forgive sin. Now, that's a great line. God wants to forgive sin. But how? As the text says, in no other way than that he has given such power unto man's hands, even as he here declares, and then also commands that it should be done in his church unto the end of the world. This is nice. Okay. Yeah, but you're going to miss it, though, by the way. (laughs) Well, I mean, this could be any, I mean, Luther. Where does Luther talk about baptism? Well, a lot. Uh, I mean, this could be in many places. I mean, so the obvious ones would probably be something like the baptism of our Lord, which would be like the first Sunday in Epiphany. Um, Here, I've got to read you another paragraph. This will give you a, better, a good hint. Okay. Okay? Okay. But my son, Jesus, is saying, don't let such thoughts sink too deeply to your heart. Don't think thoughts like this. What does God care about me? 
Who knows whether he will be gracious to me or not? What, after all, am I to God? Don't look at your illness, but listen to me when I say your sins are forgiven you. Therefore, say rather, palsy? So what? My sins are forgiven. And I'll not let palsy or any other illness divert me from this faith. Oh, okay. This is probably the text in which um, Jesus heals the uh, the lame man. The, the, I, I think this is what, Luke 4 or something like that, where um, the man is lowered from the ceiling and the you know because they have to pull back the roof to lower this guy down and then this guy you know they they bring this man to Jesus obviously to heal him and what he says to him first is not you're healed but he says uh your sins are forgiven <laughs> and then I, I what i like i like after that is that uh, people are thinking to themselves and Jesus rebukes them <laughs> mm-hmm. you start thinking who is this guy that can forgive sins and then he says why do you think to yourselves uh, who is this man who can forgive sins? Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or to get up off your pallet and walk? And of course, it'd be easier just to say your sins are forgiven because there's no proof or anything. I mean, you can just—it's kind of like these uh, these uh, TV evangelists who uh, who say, "Hey, uh, send me your seed money, and things will get better for you." Well, there's no really indication whether things are getting better for you or not. It's just that they need your money. But for Jesus, he doesn't just talk about imaginary forgiveness of sins. He connects it to something visible, and he says, okay, get up off your pallet and walk. Am, am, I, am I in the right text? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> Matthew chapter 9. Oh, Matthew 9. Okay. But, but I'm sure the parallel is somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, but you got it, man. So, that but I don't know where in the church here this comes. Am I supposed well, that to? doesn't matter. No, you got it. That's fine. All right. But, so. uh, 19th Sunday after Trinity is where it is. All right, let's see. The first quote I read to you, by the way, was on page 84, but the second quote was on page 81. So I'm going to give you 81 points. <laughs> All right, I don't care. I got 500 from using the buzzword. Oh, dang it. 581. Points, the, the points are like silent letters, remember? <laughs> you can't ruin the points joke in the middle of the show. Uh, it doesn't count. All right, I, I'm going to do 20 questions. Do you want to guess? I, yeah, I, man, I'm I, guessing. I, I've got something. Okay, so I will right. tell you. Am I supposed to tell you person, place, or thing? Yes. Get-go? Yeah, of course. I am thinking of a thing. Okay, is it bigger than a Volkswagen? No, than a Chevy Volt. Yes. Is it an abstraction? No. Is it bigger than the city of Aurora? No. Okay, smaller than a Volt. Bigger, Is it a building? No. Dang it, this is hard. So, <laughs> you're so negative all the time. <laughs> Does it move around? No. Hmm. Are there more than one of its? Hmm. Oh, I stumped <laughs> you. I win if I stump you if you can't answer the question to your own thing. In the literal sense, no. Only one of its? Okay. Uh, is it uh, related to the Bible? Yes. Is it talked about in the Bible? Yes. Is it talked about in the in one testament exclusively? <laughs> it's another stumper. Um, I'm gonna say yes. Well, hold on. Let me do a little search. You'll just hold on. You you, inter- you entertain people for a second. <laughs> I'll ask you another question. Hold so, on. No, 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 no. The answer to your question is no. 
It's in, so it's in both testaments. Okay. Uh, okay, so it's a thing. Is it organic? You know, yes. like the church. <laughs> yes. Is it a tree? Yes. Yeah! A specific type of tree, I suspect? Yes. Dang it, that cancels a question. <laughs> okay, okay. Does it bear fruit? Yes. Do you make wine out of the fruit? No. Is it an olive tree? No. Dang it. Uh, do you use it to build? No. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, you have four questions left, by the way. It doesn't, I got five questions. I'm trying to keep a track. You, you, oh, you no. want it, it doesn't produce fruit? You said it doesn't. No, produce I said it fruit? does produce fruit. Oh, you it just, does produce fruit. You just fruit. don't make wine out of it. And you don't. And oh, you don't make wine out of it. Well, I wonder what kind of fruit you would make wine out of. Anyways, that was a dumb question. Uh, and you don't build out of it. It does produce fruit. Uh, is it a fig tree? No. Dang it. Uh, okay, both are testaments. <laughs> Produces fruit. It's probably not a banana. Hold on, that's not a guess. <laughs> Dear listener, listening at home, playing twenty Bible 20 questions with me, thinking, why am I wasting this time on the radio show while these fools are guessing? You probably know what it is. It can't be the forbidden fruit. Probably not pa pa passion fruit. It's probably not mango trees. Uh, does the Is the fruit good in salsa? <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a dead I'm, giveaway. I'm sure it is. <laughs> Oh, good. Uh, that's not oranges, then. Not apples. Mangoes would be good in salsa. Mm. Uh, is it a mango tree? No. Dang it. You have one question left, according to All my All right, account. I'm going to get it. Here it is. Okay. Fruit tree in the Bible. The specific kind of tree. Uh, um, oh, it's not a, not a cherry tree. It's, did I say fig tree already? Yeah. Fig trees. Are That's twenty questions right there. <laughs> oh. I'll give you one more because this is so all right, entertaining. All right, all right, all right. Uh, this is a banana. We're now playing twenty-one tree. questions, ladies it's, and gentlemen. It's not a pineapple tree because those are not trees. Uh, some sort of Mediterranean sort of thing. Uh, it's not a watermelon tree because watermelons don't grow on trees. Well, I don't know. I'm gonna guess. Is it a fruit tree? Didn't you already guess that? I got it all right, right already. <laughs> you, 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 you asked that question to narrow it down. Now you're asking as your final question. Yeah, man, it's sure to be sure to be right. Look, at, that's a lot more specific than it is. Is it a tree? I got that like two things into it. <laughs> then you think you should be able to get around to the final thing before? I know there's a lot of different varieties of fruit trees. There's cherry trees. There's apricot trees. There's, you know, pine trees. That's where pineapples grow. It's not a cedar tree. That's a famous one. An oak. It's not an oak tree because those things on oak trees, what are those things called? Ac acorns. Those aren't fruits. I'll, okay, I'll give you a huge hint. This is just going right. to give it away. Yeah? Because you already lost. We'll just clear that up. Oh, yeah, okay. Okay. This tree is mentioned primarily in the first and last books of the Bible. Oh, is it the... Uh, the tree of life. That's it. Ding, 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 ding. Life is not a fruit. Are you saying there is no fruit on the tree of life? There's got to be something, I that, suppose. That there was, you there was. <laughs> you got to eat from it. You're not going to eat nothing from Adam and Eve to eat from, but it was the tree of life. <laughs> You're like a Calvinist or something It like does that. say it gives forth its fruit in its season, I suppose. 
<laughs> and I'm assuming it was bigger than a Volkswagen. I, I mean, yeah, that was a big assumption, man. <laughs> uh, anyway, that, right, was, that fun. was fun. I'm yeah, glad we, we should played, do, play that. We should we should do that again real quick. How much time do we got? Three seconds. We should play that. <laughs> we should play that again in about 300 shows. I think. Yeah, our 600 episode. <laughs> Come, Lord Jesus. <laughs> right. All right. Well, that's it for us. We appreciate you listening to this, uh, continuing to listen to Table Talk Radio and for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Where the points are like silent letters. That was the same thing. <laughs> oh, no good. You need better jokes. Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Uh, Table Talk Radio is not for everyone. Please consult your pastor before listening to Table Talk Radio. Side effects may include nausea, vomiting, headache, heartburn, hair loss, hallucinations, and aversion to incomplete sentences with aquatic imagery, psychosis, coma, death, halitosis, lung cancer, brain tumors, sleep pain, internal bleeding, internal combustion, a sudden craving to smell your backseat, claustrophobia, an uncontrollable urge to fight the Calvinists on Twitter, and falling off your treadmill. For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org.